everybody out there, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In. The show goes all in on all the details from that galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my fellow Trandoshan admirer, Ross. Ross? I don't know who that is. Oh? I don't, I don't know who Ross is. What? No, I'm, I'm not Ross. Is this you, a bit? You have the wrong person. I'm not Ross. I'm, I'm very confused. Yeah. No, it's okay. I, I'm okay. not Ross. All right. I'm not Ross. You, you got you got the wrong person. Oh. I don't, I don't know what to oh, tell you. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we got bad information. Let yeah. me just go over to my, my buddies. We'll talk about yeah. it. And about how, like, this isn't the place. And this doesn't yeah. make any sense. And while I do that, this uh, small child is going to sit at your bar illegally because I'm sure they're not <laughs> old enough to drink. You know, one time I was at a bar at a Disney World hotel with my dad when I was a young child. And he sat at the bar to talk to the bartender. Uh-huh. And I got yelled at for sitting in a chair at the bar next to him. You're not supposed to. Yeah. yeah in most allowed. states, it's actually not i don't know if it's necessarily illegal but oh, it's I something think it is i think it's one of those things of like as a bartender you could lose your license yeah. i think is where the like i don't think you as a oh, child will no, get fined no. or arrested no no, to no doing i'm not that. in trouble as the, the bar is going to be in trouble for letting yeah. you do that yeah. especially you know it's a fine line once i crossed like nine years old some people would mistake me for an adult so what was that big you know, beard yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so Sid is who we're talking about today, yes. our favorite Transocean from the Bad Batch, and uh, we have so much to say about a relatively minor character who we just, both love. Just started out in the galaxy. Yes, a lot more to come, but we wanted to do a Bad Batch character. We were just feeling it. We love Transocians. We're, we're, we're about to lap a year of the Bad Batch existing, mm-hmm. and we just want to pull a little bit of a topic, and we thought that Sid's such an interesting new type of character that it'd be worth having a chat about. Cannot wait, Mac. Let's go do it. I had a good thing going with the Jedi. They valued my insights. But now that they're all dead, the demand for my services has declined thanks to this new empire. Times have changed for all of us. No kidding. I never had clone deserters come to me before. Yes, well, we separated due to a fundamental difference in ideology. That's cute. You thinking I care. Cut to it and tell me what you want. All right, so if you if you hang around Ormond Hell and you go down a certain side street, you may find yourself in a very particular gambling parlor. It has a nice bar. It's a nice spread, all things considered. Sometimes you want to go where Where everybody (laughs) knows your name. Or they might not care. And they're always glad you came. With a pocket full of chips to lose. Unless they're not happy that you came. Sid doesn't seem happy. Let's just say that Sid's parlor is definitely um, a a user-friendly-ish place. (laughs) Uh, So Sid is a character who is known for... You know, interacting with our squad, the Bad Batch, and we got to talk about her a little bit during our Bad Batch episode, but now we get to go in some great detail and talk about our favorite moments. So, Sid, the Trandoshan... um, Information broker. Yeah, information broker, uh, alcohol proprietor, Omega babysitter... Um, and uh, just general crime uh, boss of Ord Mantel. <laughs> An ultimate over-it lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she she is sure cool. Out of all the Trandoshans we know, she is certainly my favorite. Well, the weirdest thing is, I, I you'd have to count the screen time, but 
if she's not the most established Trandoshan character at this point, she's got to be really nipping at Bosk's heels. Yep, certainly, certainly up there. We see her in episode five of The Bad Batch, and she's mm-hmm. a pretty steady character the rest of the way through. She's in almost every episode, except for a few, you know, randoms here and there, like the Hera episode and stuff on Ryloth. But yeah, it's it's a lot of, um, well, even that implies that Sid brokered the contract because yeah she's her hand is in everything she is the really the driving force for the story for the bad batch in almost every way she's a super important character to their progression but she's mostly an important character to in my opinion the way they see omega um you know early on and this is sid's first big moment right mm-hmm. she is really tasked so they you know they know echo knows this hot spot this location they can go someone who can help them out and they only have you know heard of sid he has heard of sid through uh uh, Rex. It's a, yeah, it's a Jedi contact. It's yeah. someone who uh, the Jedi turned to to get underworld information during the Clone Wars. Yeah, so he's never met this person, doesn't know what they look like, but they show up at their parlor looking for them, you know, their cantina, and they're asking around, you know, says the, the bartender says, ah, Sid, never heard of him, right? And they're there, they're arguing amongst themselves. The, like, two patrons in the bar just ignoring them. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Omega walks up to her and says, you're Sid. She, like, phrases it so matter-of-factly. It's so great. It's such a great moment for Omega as a character. But it shows Sid because Sid just kind of looks at her and smiles and, and says, like, yeah. you're smarter than your friends, aren't you? I don't remember exactly how she yeah, phrases yeah, yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Shorty, you're just a tad smarter than your friends, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. so good. Um, and it's just this first moment where we see this character can be caring and, you know, um, friendly. She's not like Bosk, you know, she's not like the other Trandoshans we've seen. Well, yeah, so Trandoshans have gone through a lot of rehabilitation since we saw a <laughs> seven-foot-tall lizard guy on The Executor. Yeah, um, wearing a suit from Doctor Who. Very much so. Yeah. Which, you know, everyone says that, but I'm also like, every time I look at it, I go, yeah, but Doctor Who, I think, stole it from, like, tie-dyeing a uh, rebel flight suit yellow. Like, yeah. Because it really looks like that, The too. same one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the whole thing that's changed is, like, in Clone Wars, we got actually to go to a Trandoshan hunting camp yes. and see their hunting culture. Yes, a great Ahsoka episode. Um, which is also where we established that Trandoshans, despite all you could anatomically think about with their mouths, nope, they can speak basic. <laughs> and they, they sound speak... great. And they do. And... <laughs> And Sid shows kind of is, is sure of showing the more, um, for lack of a better term, feminine side of their culture in the sense of here's a thinking person who's not just about the dumb hunt and the sort of machoism that we saw from well, the yeah, tradition. Her, her up strength is not I mean, not that she's not physically strong because we do see her exhibit that a little bit. Yeah. But that's not her, you know, her strength. She's using her mind first. Uh, not that the other hunters aren't also using their mind, but, you know, she is using her intellect and her connections. You know, she's very much um, like, what's his name? Doc Ondar Amba, too. You know, mm-hmm. she's really just a middleman who happens to be someone that all sides, all peoples use. And um, she's initially tasked here with, wa- with watching Omega. And they develop this great friendship yeah. because Omega learns... To play, uh, what is it, Dejeric? Dejeric. Right, right. Yep. I always, for some reason, I always like it slips my mind. Uh, or I you second got it guess right. myself. Um, 
So it's a great scene where she, you know, very quickly takes to it. And, you know, um, Sid is essentially, you know, like lets her take over the game she's playing. And, um, you know, they sort of work together to refine Omega's skill. And she very quickly becomes this little prodigy, you know, with Sid's help. And so, of course, Sid is using her not only to make a buck, but, you know, is looking out for everybody and paying off. Yeah, Omega's debt and the Bad Batch's debt, you know? Because the relationship that they've had is, like, Sid, like, threw them on, not necessarily a suicide mission, but a pretty difficult mission just to sort of test them out. Yeah, they right did from fine. the beginning. And, and, and so Sid's like, okay, you guys are useful. I can keep getting you jobs. If I line up <laughs> jobs for you, I get a cut until yeah. you pay me back. And they're like, pay you back for what? Exactly. And yeah. there's docking fees, maintenance fees, Fuel. finders Residency. fees. Yeah. yeah, all this stuff. And what's great is when... She, when she's using Omega to be this ringer and keeps getting people to come in and like, like, oh, I could beat the 10 year old at this. Absolutely. And then she's getting smashed. I like the fact that like when the Bad Batch comes back, like you've turned her into a gambler. This is terrible. It's like, well, she paid off all of your debt and then some. Oh, well, well by all means, Omega, keep playing. Well, <laughs> I, I guess we. We have learned a lesson then, haven't we, boys? Uh, yeah, right. Well, in all seriousness, though, that episode does conclude with, you know, Hunter learning that she is capable in ways that he may not have expected and she can contribute. And she obviously has been making it clear she wants to be a part of the team, but this kind of shows her taking a step to do it. Um, you know, she's had other moments already. Well, too. It's the biggest thing is, in the show, this is the part where Hunter recognizes she's pulled her weight. Yeah. Right? He. She just got well, him out of the thing that they've been fighting for like five missions to try and to get done. It's self-reflection. He recognizes he's underestimated her. Yes. That's ultimately how I see it. And it ends with that cute them sitting down to play uh, DeJeric and like, I don't know, man. Hunter's <laughs> pretty smart too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it is, it is, it's, it's so great that they base this personal connection around something as simple as this game that we have this long 40 plus year standing connection with and, you know, tying all of these things we love into these new bits of Star Wars, you know, um, Trend Oceans and Hollow Chess and, you know, Cantinas and just all of these things we have these warm, fuzzy memories for are getting reshuffled here with Sid as sort of the, the driving force behind all of it. It's a ton of fun. And it's great because when a, uh, a dick son of a crime lord comes through and basically just says, this place is mine now, yeah. and just takes control of it, the Bad Batch also uh. learns that they like Sid more than just this business arrangement, more than just this um, you know handler for them. They also realize just how how well Sid navigates the gray of the, the underworld because mm. there's a reason the Jedi trusted Sid because Sid is at their heart a good person who tries to avoid collateral damage. They're not into like, you know, assassinations or blowing things up. like they're not here to harm people. They're here to just yeah. do what they see as honest work, which is still dishonest work, but like is <laughs> victimless work. Yeah. Gray, gray area work. Um, <sighs> that episode is really good for many reasons when it comes to Sid, because we, we see Sid essentially, we don't see it happen, but she gets ousted out of her cantina. Right. She gets essentially kicked out by this aspiring crime Lord and the bad batch helps her get back in. And one of the ways they do it is their secret passages that go underneath of the city. 
Of Ormondale, yeah. And they have these like minecart system that they have to take and they have to be quiet so they don't wake the herd. And of course, on the way back. They do. They do. But uh, it the reason it's so great is just because you're getting so much information about Sid. You know, Sid has these secret passages built. Sid has learned about the local species and has taken the time to figure out how to use these passages safely. You know, it's showing her preparedness and her cunningness. And even the fact that she's got now Sid, she now has someone she can turn to, just showing how strong her connections are to have someone she can use to get her have her back in this scenario. Um, but it is interesting to think, you know, what would Sid have done if uh, if the Bad Batch hadn't shown up and helped, uh, you know, remove Druggard from her from her cantina. Um, just it, how how alone they would be, like how valuable of an ally and having someone like Sid shielding them from other agents looking for them. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a two way street with Sid. And I think that's any good character, right, has something that they need and something that they can offer. Yes. Right. Because that 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 interaction, for lack of a better term, is what causes tension because they're each out for something for themselves. And it's essentially, well, the oldest thing in the, in the oldest concept in the book. It's a deal. It's, you know, it's it's a, uh, a trading of goods and there's nothing older than that. I say loyalty between thieves, like you know, yeah. we signed it, we we shook hands on it. It's a thing now. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. Um, the animation for Sid is great. It's the first time we've seen a heavier set, uh, you know, Trandosian, and she looks great. You know, I think obviously, well, and her whole characterization is awesome because again, she has this world weariness around her that's mm. really entertaining. And what I think is funny because so Sid is one of the things we haven't said yet is Sid is played by. Uh, Rhea Perlman. Yes. Um, famous for Cheers. Yes. Um, but what's cool is while Sid has a little bit of that caustic energy, that sort of really sharp uh, wit and sort of like playfully mean spirit. Yep. It is a very different flavor of that. Um, and I think what's really fun about it is Sid at the end of the day seems like someone who I, we haven't seen it, but the read I get from Sid is, Sid liked their position during the Clone Wars. They got steady pay, steady work, and they did stuff that could, they could, you know, they could hit the pillow softly at the end of the night. They weren't doing anything really dark, and that was really nice. And ever since the the new bosses came, the Empire cut out, doesn't get any of that work. They only want to work with the most savage and dark monsters, um, you know, and just really sets up just how. I mean, what the whole Bad Batch is about, which is how quickly and sharply the galaxy turns, how much the Empire comes in and within just a couple of months starts reshaping the galaxy in its own image. Well, in a way, right, to, to your exact point that you're just making, Sid is representative of the neutral positivity of the Republic, right? The Republic may not have been mm -hmm. perfect. They might not have always done things right. But... They were shooting to do things right. They right. were trying to do the right. I mean, obviously Palpatine wasn't. But in general, right, people believed in doing the right thing. When you look at people like Bale and Padme. Yes. Right. So when you're striving <laughs> to do the right thing, right, yeah. no, matter, no matter how much you try, if you fail and you're not 100% perfect, someone can look at that and say, oh, you didn't 
succeed, right? You failed, mm-hmm. even though you tried and you did have a positive effect. And, and that's kind of what we're talking about here uh, with with someone like Sid. You know, people like her stop existing because of the boot of the empire. Right. People who have this sort of positive outlook, people who want to be a good thing for their community, who want to be fair and honest, you know, with the way they run their crime ring. Those people, I think, are booted out by the Empire, and you have people like Crimson Dawn move in who are, you know, much more violent. Well, I think, you know, we saw this mirrored in Book of Boba Fett of the idea of, like, there is a difference between these crime syndicates that are basically the law where there is lawlessness, and they are a stabilizing force that allow normal people to kind of go about their lives, Mm -hmm. versus the the empire that's basically either they want to control it or destroy it. They have no interest in letting any type of free un, you know, disassociated from the central government. They don't want any of that to exist. Yeah. And unless you're the hot cartel, they're not going to try. You know, <laughs> they're not going to try and suffer you at all. Yes, absolutely. They are, they don't want any uh you know any mites on their belly they want nothing sticking on them they are in absolute control and the only uh you know people they tolerate are people they need because i think one of the funny things because we've seen even sid's association because sid has a working contract with bib fortuna and adjacently jabba yeah and it's kind of like as time goes on yes jabba is a monstrous tyrant but man, he is not the worst going on around. Like Jabba seems like seems like a spoiled king compared to like some of the other ones who are just like he ain't Drayden Voss, ah, you know. He's right. not uh, Darth Maul. He's no. not, you know. He he's he's more lethargic. Like he's more happy about getting his pet Rancor, and that's really more important to him than a lot of other things that he could be associated with, like <laughs> turning in, say clone deserters who need to be turned into the empire yeah that's fine whatever yeah, i don't care whatever. about that no, yeah, yeah, yeah. not unless it he needs it not unless there's something he's not gonna do something that benefits the empire unless it benefits him yeah right? and I think, but that's most people right right uh sid is different though that's the point yeah and and i think what's cool about sid is i'm expecting sid is going to keep growing as a character as far as there's a lot of great star wars like things offhandedly shown or mentioned and you're like yeah no no what is that story like i watched all of clone wars where where, when were you selling stuff to the clones and i'm like i can't wait to hear one of the stories about like oh you know i saw this information in them but they never took care of it and now you guys are gonna have to care about it and like you know some some great thing that connects back to the clone wars i also I'm excited to see Sid really get into a fight because there's the point where omega's trying to get used to their light bow and uh so it's like, nah, you got to do it like this. Picks it up and just fires yeah. off a rapid wham, burst. Wham, wham, oh, and just, I love it. And they all hit home. Yeah. So Sid has definitely been in a fight before and won. Yeah, she's in that same vein as Maz Kanata for me. They got that ah. same energy. Same energy. Um, you know, Grumpy I think, mom energy. Yes. I think Sid will be one of those characters who will most likely have some sort of sacrificial or... 
you know, memorable death or end in the show. And I, and I can't wait to see where that character yeah, goes. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Sid joining the Rebellion or anything. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be did. interesting to see. I mean, you know, she could just go on in other stories staying there. But, you know, it seems like her sacrificing herself to get them off planet or something could happen at some point. She's a great character, and I can't wait to see what they do with her. Rhea Perlman is obviously a beautiful voice actress, an amazing mm-hmm. actress, and just... All around, so great to have her in Star Wars in this way. You know, we've had other Cheers uh, actors, veterans, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, a little Cliff Clavin and some Empire and whatnot. So, you know, we've had some Cheers crossover before, but it's great to have uh, Rhea Perlman and, you know, to have such a classically great actress in Star Wars as a character. Yeah, so excited to see where this character goes from here. And again, a refreshingly different character for the star wars universe and just showing that if disney is doing one thing right it is broadening what is star wars in good and generally healthy ways yeah couldn't agree more um her design is great like we said everything about her is new and fresh but it's also something we know and that's fun i love how she has a nickname for everybody Mm -hmm. i love that all right let's move on everybody that's another episode in the can nice simple sweet (laughs) sid who is not simple or sweet Mm -mm. sid short for citizen sydney sid 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 sindara yeah cinder that i like cinder oh my god operation cinder oh no oh no oh no is that how she goes (laughs) oh no no that's already no, that hasn't already happened. That will happen. Yeah, that's way in the I was future. I it's like it's like 20 28 years in the future, years in the future 25 years long in the future. Long time, long time. Um, um, Sid is great. Rhea Perlman is great. Trandoshans are great. Bad Batch is great. Um, I've said this before, I think, but I'll say it again here. Uh, Bad Batch Season 1 is the best Season 1 of any Star Wars animated show. So yeah, it has the most room to climb. Like think about how much better you know uh, Clone Wars got compared to season one. Rebels as good as season one is, and I think it's great. Yeah, it gets so much better. So if Bad Batch grows at the same rate, it's already so good the first season. And I, you know, I just recently went through a rewatch of it. Yeah, my God, the, do you still call it cinematography when it's animated? Yeah, it's still, it's still where the, you put the camera. The production the design, camera. the way that it's shot, the lighting, everything about the animation just looks like on another it's, level. They're going for such a, I don't want to say realism, but compared to Clone Wars and Rebels, every landscape shot looks like it could be a matte painting from an original trilogy I, film. They're just doing something different and with how dark it looks. And it's just, it's beautifully done. I think it's just where their tech has arrived because I think I don't know how much cross pollination is happening, but like just being able to like pick the minds of Pixar and Disney Studios Who animators knows, yeah. and and grab some of their tech or grab 
or at this point, the fidelity of the animations, they might be grabbing tech from directly from ILM and kind of shrinking it down to their production. Well, and, and the talent, you know, they've had so much more time to true. practice. They've had all this these these years now at it. Because I would say the fun thing I think about Bad Batch is we've got the finale of Clone Wars, which is the best Clone Wars ever looked by far. Yeah. And it just made a perfect bridge right into the, yeah. that first opening movie of Bad Batch yeah. where you're like, but, oh, this is this is a couple of minutes later, huh? And it is. And as much as I know you and I both love that, I would still argue that the Bad Batch, even episode one, looks so much different than those Clone Wars final season did. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, the character animation looks similar, but the way the environments are lit or something, they've changed. Something, whoever is doing the backgrounds, whoever is doing I that side of things... It's beautiful. It's some of the and, best Star Wars has ever looked. And I think the other thing is they have the assets they need. Because one of the things I think that's been really fun about the Bad Batch specifically is Clone Wars and Rebels. You can feel them going like, okay, guys, yes, we're going to stay on some of the same planets a lot. Because, yeah. look, we only have so much time to build so many planets so fast. And Bad Batch feels like it finally sort of like, hey, we've got enough resources just write the story you want. We will figure out how to make the tech work. And it doesn't feel yeah. as restrictive considering yeah. how many different planets and environments we go to. Oh in my season God. One. And the amount of characters we get that are unique, you know, yeah. when you think back to early seasons of other animated shows, it, it shows how quickly they've gotten better. Yeah. And it's just a stronger argument for me that more Star Wars animated content will be coming. I am hoping that by May the 4th or by the end of celebration, we get more of, so Bad Batch season two, what's that going to be? I imagine we have that at celebration. Yeah, I, I think, think I would actually. Put now you mention it, I think they're. I think they already announced there is a Bad Batch panel. There's but, definitely. But yeah. I, if I remember reading descriptions, like come and celebrate the great first season of Bad Batch, I'm like, you, you kidding me? If this is just season one, I'll be happy. But like, no. Yeah, there's no way. No. I mean. All that is, we got is a clip? just a way to you gotta have a clip. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. I mean, you'll get a premiere date, I'm sure. You'll probably get a trailer. I mean, I think we'll even maybe see get, we'll get Mando 3 information. Well, obviously, you're going to get, I assume, something specific or special for Obi-Wan, you know, even though it's premiere well, day. There'll be an Obi-Wan panel. Well, the, the fun thing about Obi-Wan that I'm excited about is I'll be down there when it comes out. Right. So, oh, my God, the amount of buzz that's going to be coming like the next morning from that yeah positive or negative i'm really rooting for the positive awesome um but i could definitely see like <laughs> let's just put it this way like i do recall like when oh god i'm just thinking about the fact of when we were in chicago last for that celebration like the thing was the trailer for episode nine, which feels yep. like eight billion years ago. Oh my ago. god, it does! But like I remember, like it was the oh my god, guys, did you see the trailer? As like everyone like looks around as if somehow we're so used to the workplace and school culture we come from, we got to go find our Star Wars friends, not realizing that literally everyone around you is that person. Yeah. And and it was just all like yeah yeah, and by like the next morning like. What is up with the Emperor laughing? I'm not sure I feel about that. And other people going like, ah, it's going to be fine. They couldn't possibly screw it up. Like, And it's just really funny to yeah. think about that discourse and how Obi-Wan's premiere is going to be sort of that, the charge, the, the electricity running yep. through the room. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your reports. I won't be there, unfortunately. Yeah. But I know you're going to give us lots of good info. Now, speaking of Star Wars destinations, I have a little treat for us. We, our man on the ground on the Halcyon Cruiser mm. sent us back one of their treats. 
Ooh. You a can cookie. hear it. You hear that e- ASMR? You hear that? It, it so just, it's you, gotten a little... <laughs> audience, I know you can hear it. I'm sorry if it sounds bad. It's gotten a little beat up uh, transporting all the way from the outer rim. I mean, well, hey, this far. Hey, look. He's got to smuggle that. You don't want to know where that bag had to be to get no. on the tra- off the transport. But... We're going to try it right now? We're going to try Live? it right now. I should have right. taken a picture before what? I broke it. You should have done that. But it's fine. It's already crumbled up in this bag. I you, didn't do a great didn't... job. It's okay. You didn't tell me anything about this. Otherwise, no, I would have prepped. Uh, uh, I would have made the palatial studio at least uh, have put some more lights on. No, it's fine. Who All right. Well, do you know what this is called? No. Well, okay, there might be a label here. I'm gonna, it looks like a lady finger that's been iced. Um, yeah. So what we it's have here like blue, like, is, is like a biscuit. Yep. A biscuit cookie, you know, like a like a shortbread cookie. Yeah. With a thick layer of icing on top, like you know that very hard, like um, Girl Scout cookie. Kind yeah, of like. yeah, yeah. And it's got a um, purpley pink top to it. I would call it orange. Orange. Yeah. Well, I'm not looking. It's too dark in here. I can't. Uh, okay. I can't see it. Oh, hold on. Well, either way, let me just put, uh, let me go get a glow yeah. lamp here. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, I see where you're coming from. All right, well, I'm going to sample it here live Let's on go. the mic. Let's go. Oh, my God, it's hard. Oh, oh. Not good. Oh, boy. Not good. <laughs> no, what? I can't bite it. Oh, my God. It is not meant to last in space. This is not that old. Ugh. Still freeze dried. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's go through this. So the top crumbles like hell. <laughs> it's almost like the top of like a um, coffee cake. Yeah. Oh my god! It doesn't. Say I think anything. the hard thing is this: is the fr- is that frosting. It felt like it was the bottom of the cookie, but I don't think so. I think oh no! That frosting. hard part is absolutely the frosting. And the no frosting doubt is about very, it. Um, now they got some heat. Now it's going like doesn't taste bad. It tastes like a yeah, like a vanilla Oreo kind of thing. I'm sure like it was that. fine, fresh. But my God, about a week at well, it's probably been a couple weeks now. Whoo, did not hold up. Um, but you know what? You know what I taste? Something I couldn't have otherwise. So I'm still pretty happy about the experience. Oh, I am so happy we got to try it. Now I have one little piece of that $5,200 experience with me. I'll put it this way. I think you're right. I think those are definitely something that is probably a good baked good, which means it doesn't last forever uh-huh. at all. Uh-huh. Um, which wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't think people can bring their... Because in the aftertaste, I can definitely tell, like, oh, I know what icing that originally was. I've had enough Disney cupcakes to know <laughs> what that's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Um, so uh. I'm definitely... Um, it was pretty good, but I feel that this must be what the rations that Luke has on Dagobah are supposed to taste like. I feel like this is like. what he's eaten. Um, you know, let's put it this way. The Coca-Cola travels better. That's true. We had those smuggled back, too. And they were great. We didn't get him on about the Halcyon. Um, well, he's had some medical issues from deep space travel. Well, I think they know, ran into that thing that they got into in uh, Death Troopers. Um <laughs> Aren't they ran into that? Um, the the uh, yeah, the thing that makes your lungs expand into bats. Yeah, like that, that one. Stuff. Uh, that is getting uh, that book is in uh, Essential Legends Collection Wave Four. Ooh, it's not a good book, guys. I'm sorry. What that oh. Death Troopers book? 
That's what it's called, right? I thought we agreed that Death Troopers is okay and Red Harvest is weird. They're both bad, but Death Troopers was better. Uh, bad is still a weird word I'd use because there's nothing else like them, so they're still interesting well, to sure, me, they but... are interesting, and I'm glad we have them. But if you ever look at me and use those books as reference to say how great Legends was and how awful New Canon is, I will not agree with you. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> and by you, I mean anybody. I don't mean you. But hey, that's okay. Like, pretty much anything post-Return of the Jedi, you'll get the same response out of me. Like, yeah. Corrin Horn? I'm not going to care about that guy. I Jedi? Is this an Apple book? Anyway. Is, um, uh, the truth set where? <laughs> anyway. Luke was kidnapped? What? Uh, my Legends reread is punk girl? not going well at all. My le- my reading just in general. My canon rereading. My Legends rereading. Awful. Awful. I've been doing terrible. Well. The important thing to remember is it's not like a pile of new books is coming at you really soon. Oh, wait. Uh, so we have a big summer for books. We have Brotherhood, which is the Obi-Wan Anakin book. Um, we have um, Shadow of the Sith, which is the Luke Lando Exegol post-Return of the Jedi book. Let One me... of our first major canon books huh. that's taking place after Return of the Jedi, but before the sequel trilogy. Let the rehabilitation episode nine begin. Oh, here we go, baby. We're going to be on Pisana. We're going to get some quicksand, probably. Um, might get some Ochi of Bastoon and that dagger he made that's done terrible things. And that cool um, tank walker thing yeah, that Lando yeah. rides around in. Oh, probably. Maybe his little arrow gun. Uh, anyway. Capes. Capes galore. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I think it will be good. Lando's yeah. always good in a book. Luke is obviously. It's going to be fun. Um so we have a lot coming. There's a few others. We've got some more High Republic stuff coming. Boy, is it going to be a busy summer for reading? Um, yeah, and you know what? I was saying some of that stuff. You know what? I've had a great Star Wars experience recently. I got um, the Skywalker Saga, Lego Star Wars, yes, the Skywalker yes, 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 Saga. Yes. And even from the opening thing where it has just these like nice little sort of like tossing around of like quote to quote to quote from the movie – just sort of bridging it, and it's like characters keep switching in and out. So, like, Ray's training on Octu, and then when she stops, it's Luke on Cloud City fighting, you know, Vader, and then it switches to something else. And just this, just this nice little pastiche of all these different scenes. And I started playing episode seven, going, like, you know what? Sequel trilogy is okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, we've all, I, in my opinion, we have always been advocates for the sequel trilogy is at least okay. Yeah. Obviously, I have had some struggles with The Rise of Skywalker. But you know what? My current opinion is one of them has to be my least favorite. Yeah. Right? They can't all be my number one favorite, right? And there are at least ten or more things in The Rise of Skywalker that I really like, including but not limited to Quicksand. I will die on that hill. There's quicksand in Star Wars. It's great for that alone. Well, you, you will. Don't stand on quicksand. That's how you die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You go down to the snake monster. I don't think one. you have force healing, so it's going to just eat no, you. that's right. I will not. I will um, suffer the same fate as Ochi. Is it Viprix or something oh, like that? Oh, God. Um, well, the, but no, I think the biggest thing about that's... it is, like, I think of a lot of, like, how the prequels went in our lifetime where, you know, you and I were the right demographic to just be cool with the prequels from the yeah. word go. But I think about, like, if you've watched The Clone Wars and you don't have a kind of warm spot in your heart for the entire prequel trilogy going like, yeah, that's Matt Lantern's, like, you know, Anakin Skywalker. That's Cat Tabor's Padme. Like, those characters are rounded and, mm-hmm. and, and much more three-dimensional. 
due to all this other work that has nothing to do with what was shot in those three films, but those three films are now better films because mm-hmm. of all the supporting material. I think we're going to get the same thing going. And I think like that book where we're looking at Exegol is like, yeah, no, Exegol was a hard pill for me to swallow, especially like, you know, blotting out the sky with that many Star Destroyers. But like, if you tell me that's been happening for 30 years for, you know, that this planet has been building resources and building these machineries for, you know, years, if not decades before we get there. I'm like, yeah, you can build me a bridge to me being someday watching that scene and having a totally different experience of like, wow, Sith Eternal's pretty screwed up. Can you believe all the things they've been doing in the background of the politics of the world? Not they just showed up in this movie and no one ever heard of them before. Like, you know, that's it's pretty cool. Like you said, we're getting there. And I'll be honest, playing this Lego Star Wars, maybe go like it's like a hit reel of all like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Raptors. Remember those? Those are great. You're really loving Lego Star Wars, aren't you? Dude, I have to say, like more than even I thought it would be, they rebuilt the entire thing from scratch. And it's much more of, for like a better term, like a modern video game. Like it doesn't just have you hit stuff three times. Like now it has a whole combo system. You don't just you know, fire randomly. Now you have like a full third person shooter sort of controls and like, and a whole progression system for the different types of characters like bounty hunters or Jedi Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you. I find most of that stuff that that progression starts to becoming something very exhausting to me in modern video games. But like, what I like is because this is tuned for kids, like it's more of it more just adds to your fun rather than it feels like you're hitting blocks where you got to go grind to get your progress up to go through it. And they're funny as all get out. It's just, it's just a delight to sort of, again, revisit those movies through the prism of just sort of this fun, goofy take on them. And it just reminds you of just like, man, there's just a lot, there's a lot to love about all nine of those movies. They all have some really cool things they've added to the galaxy that makes star Wars an even better place to hang out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I've seen you play a little bit of yeah. it. I don't have much experience with Lego Star Wars. I played a little bit of The Force Awakens, uh, mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars. It was fun, but it wasn't for me. Uh, I had some motion sickness issues with Lego games in the past, but God. this one I think will certainly be a game I will play at some point. Haven't gotten it yet, but uh, yeah, very, very excited that it's so well received. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully it will make people go back and watch more Star Wars. And that's always a good thing. Like I said, I think I've said it since episode nine came out because again, I'm I've definitely out of our friend pool and stuff. Like I'm probably the most positive person you're going to find about episode nine, which is weird. Yep. Uh, <laughs> weird place to be. Um, but I think it's definitely one of those things of the longer we go where episode nine is not the last word on Star Wars, the better episode nine and eight and seven and all of them will feel when they're not, when they're part of the tapestry of Star Wars, not the load-bearing thing that everyone's focused mm-hmm. on. Like, every season of The Mandalorian makes Episode Nine less potent. Or just, it's just bewildering to think the last celebration was that in Chicago, the danger thing. Everyone was cool. We were all cool. But, like, was the danger thing of, like, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going? Great costume. Yeah, you guys look like you're going to have fun. What are you guys doing? I'm doing this panel. I'm doing that panel. So what'd you think about last Jedi? Well, <laughs> and like, that was always the unspoken tension in the room was there was two camps running around. I'm like, I think most of that's gone. I think most of that's in the rearview mirror mirrors. Everyone like episode nine United us of like, well, that didn't satisfy anyone. So I guess we'll just move on. 
Yeah. Everyone? Yeah, let's just move on. Like, um, you know, it's it's not uh it's not that big. I feel like the, the conversation is gonna be like, yeah, sequel trilogy, uh, I don't really think I really like how about Mando? Oh, Mando's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh you know what I excites me the most when you're talking about that side of Star Wars is just the positivity around the prequels lately. Oh god. Yeah. And, and the way Obi-Wan is gonna just well, bring so much of that back. You you get the ascendant of like now the people that grew up and the prequels are a part of their childhood and their fundamental experiences with Star Wars, yep. they outweigh the other fans at this point between the prequels, which is where like you and I come in, right? Yep. Um, and uh, and all the kids that raised on Clone Wars and and like Rebels who like, you know, that world state, the state of the fall of the Republic is what Star Wars is to them. And then the, the other three movies are part of that story, but like their primordial soup is clones and the trade Federation and Droidicas and all of that stuff. And as that population gets bigger and bigger and bigger over time, the more we're going to find that, yeah, everyone likes the original trilogy. It is not the nucleus of this fandom anymore it's yeah. not the only touchstone that we all have yeah. in common because it's not up on a pedestal in the same way no it's not well and... i think we're in the process of that is, is well it's, it's that at. it's that it's that torch passing thing because i think the the grossest thing to start processing that's terrifying is like in the next 30 years the original generation is going to sort of move on from the world in many respects yep you know, as we hit the 50th and 60th and 70th anniversary yeah, of these movies. These genetically grown pig hearts take off. Well, I mean, you know, just, you know, by the time you. No, I know exactly. But by mean. the time statistically we get to like the 80th anniversary of Star Wars, the chances of anyone who saw it in theaters in 77, it's going to be a really small confederation of those folks. Yeah. But the people, at, you know, at that point who, you know, have been watching Star Wars, like it's kind of wild to think that. That will be 60 years of the prequels by that point. Yeah, it is. It is why, you know, obviously I think the older you get, the more you think about this stuff. But, you know, we're we're a few years apart, but we're relatively similar in our ages and experiences. And, yeah. you know, as we get, you know, it's wild. 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Attack mm -hmm. of the Clones was the first time I was old enough to go and sit in a movie theater by myself mm -hmm. and be like, I am literally going to sit in this movie theater and watch this movie twice in a row. See, because that's why I can do that now. And that's why you and I are like, the bookends yeah. of the core demographic. Cause I remember that was the first star Wars that I could drive myself yep. to the theater. Like I had just yeah. gotten my license so would have been and stuff 11. that fall. Yeah. Um, and, and was able to drive myself there and like, yeah, it's just, it's that fun. It's, it's, it's a huge touchstone. And I loved episode two from the word go. So I'm yeah. super excited that I hope they're going to have a panel about it and talk about it. Oh, and I can, I'm sure they will. I, I we can talk wait. about my favorite character. I can't wait for the merch. I can't wait to get that sweet, sweet episode two hat. Oh, um, I'm very excited that should, you guys will be bringing me one of those. Or I think Chris already ordered it, actually. I should save some money. I should I should get a thing for my favorite character. There's some, been some really good art prints of like yeah. travel like posters and stuff yeah. in the artist alley. You but can then find I had, some really But then it's always that... And then I'll get it home Sometimes. somehow. Looks yeah. over to the side. Look, I don't yeah. know how. This is why driving is better. Uh, well, driving to Anaheim's not yeah, the best. Not, not. <laughs> All right, guys, we're just going to tack another week onto the trip on either side. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We yeah. got this. Hey, if we don't sleep, it's only like 
four days on that trip. Um, but anyway, super excited. The future of Star Wars is a bright and wonderful place. I mean, less than dude, 30 days, Dobie one. I was going to say in a month, we're going to have new live action Star Wars and a, a new take on it. Cause I can't oh wait to see God. what they do with all of that as at the time and of this. Two just, episodes, which is super. I'm glad they're going to. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it's going to be better. I'm yeah. I, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to, it's going to be worth the Especially wait. Especially if they're an hour each. If we literally wake up Friday morning and there's an Obi-Wan movie length of Essentially. Material. Yeah. Part one of the Obi-Wan two hour trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if they're like 22 minute episodes, then I'll feel differently. But man, if there's, if it's like 54 and 61 minute episodes, Oh, and it, it's, and everything sounds good. Like the pictures that came out of Entertainment Weekly are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You were you were talking up that quote from you McGregor who got yeah. spooked by Vader. Yeah, yeah. There's so much. You know, I don't want to give too much away. This information's out there if you want to go look at. I know some people remain spoiler free, but some images, some quotes about the Obi Wan show in total film. Um, oh my gosh, we're so close now. I mean, th- there's a chance that the first episode could be 90 minutes. Like, that is not out of the realm of possibility. So, but it's also totally possible that the first episode's 22 minutes, yeah, and then the second episode's 44 minutes, yeah, and it balances we have the no universe. idea. <laughs> I am just so excited to see. I requested the day off, I will be nice. Off. I am ready to go. I was actually hoping to get an Obi Wan tattoo on May 4th this year. Unfortunately, it's not happening, but. Obi Wan well, hey, hey, is uh, the next don't, piece. Don't 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 jump too much because you know what? Once you get through this, you might have a different image you want. Maybe an iconic <laughs> image of you. Oh, uh, I am already positive that I am getting Obi Wan and Maul. You just decided uh, I'm positive, but right? Yeah. But maybe maybe like the memes showed. Like maybe you just wanted. Like I'm sure there's someone who's contemplated or not already executed a tattoo of like. So what I want is I just want a tattoo of Obi-Wan and it's like the first image. It's like two images stacked on top. One is him looking through the electro binoculars. <laughs> and then there's one where he's like looking a little like disdained as he looks down from the electro binoculars. That's macro binoculars. I'm sorry. It's going to be great. Oh, the possibilities, baby. All right. Well, we'll be here for all of yep. it because until next Wednesday, I'm Matt. And I'm Ross. And until then, may the force be with This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2022.